right, we'll be in Matthew, or I'm sorry, Mark, Mark 16. So the end of the book of Mark is before Luke. I'm going to look at the last handful of verses. This last half of Mark chapter 16, uh, a lot of different Christian groups will say that this doesn't belong. They say at verse 9 and onward, 9 to 20, it doesn't belong and the earliest manuscripts don't have it and they'll tell you all kinds of different things. Um, And then some of the Bibles, uh, not mine and not uh, the other KJV ones that I have, don't say this, but I pulled some of the other versions. I've got an ESV and a Christian Standard Bible uh, at home, the C, that Christian Standard, it's a super nice looking one. They sent it to me for free. Um, but it, in both of them, it has a giant, it breaks the text and has a giant message, you know, that'll catch your eye. Like you can't miss it that say the verses that follow uh, aren't, I don't remember exactly what it says, but basically calls you into question the verses, is a, the verses after uh, and one of the things I struggle with, among many things, is uh, how are you going to believe that the Bible is complete and accurate when it puts a giant warning message like that, almost like a disclaimer that the rest of these verses uh, may or may not be any good. So I'm going to look at those verses that uh, some of the other Bibles will throw out uh, or put a footnote or put a warning or something like that. So Mark 16:9 says, now when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast uh, seven devils. And she went and told them uh, that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so, uh, and then, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much for your word tonight. We thank you that it is true. It is complete. Lord, we don't need a disclaimer. We don't need a loophole. We don't need to question. Lord, we just trust that this is your word that you've given to us, that you said is pure and preserved. Lord, help us. Uh, Fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit tonight. Lord, touch our, our, our ears, our hearts, Lord, and our minds to help us to learn and help us to draw strength and confidence in your word and, Lord, to apply it to our life. Lord, help us in all these things. In Jesus' name we pray and amen.
So, as I said, uh, you know, starting in verse 9, from where we started, from this point on, uh, many will say it doesn't belong in the Bible. It was added later. Uh, And the problem, the very first problem that I see is if you think about where we're at, you know, Jesus had died. He had risen from the dead. Uh, and, you know, you get to chapter 16, the women are going to anoint the body. They don't know who's going to roll the stone away. They get there. The stone was rolled away. Uh, there's a young man sitting on the right side that ends up being an angel. Uh, and then he tells them that he is risen. He is not here. Behold the place that he lay in. Uh, go tell the disciples. Then you get to verse 8, the last verse that they say belongs And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now imagine if it stops right there. What's the problem? What's the problem? Verse 9, what happens? He appears to Mary Magdalene. The risen Jesus Christ appears. What happens in the next section? He appears to two more. What happens in the next section? He appears to 11 more. What that's cutting out is every anyone seeing Jesus after he was risen. Now, Mark, I, I, I wanted to look this up, but I, I forgot when I was doing the studying. But I'm pretty sure Mark is the oldest of the Gospels, like written first. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I remember that. Uh, so, But any way you slice it, uh, the other Gospels talk about the risen Jesus and people seeing him. That would be a problem if... Nobody saw him, you know, they just heard it from an angel. And we know that, uh, you know, yes, there are some messages that are given by angels, but there's been a lot of bad that has come from just hearing from an angel and that's it. That's not what God wanted. He appeared unto, one of the gospels says he appeared unto 500 and there are many that are still alive today, you know, by the time the letter, uh, the book was written. So that is a huge problem. So obviously it makes it easier to question whether he was really risen from the dead or whether they stole the body if you just cut it off right there so that's one issue of many uh but so the next part verses 9 10 and 11 this is mary magdalene's encounter with the risen jesus christ uh i'm not going to spend a huge amount of time because if you go to john chapter 20 verses 11 through 18 it tells the same story it gives more detail uh, and it ends john 20 verse 18 ends mary magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the lord and that he had spoken these things unto her so that's how john's version of the story ends but look at what uh, mark says uh, and, and she went and told them that had been with him and they mourned and wept and they, when they had heard that he, Jesus was alive and had been seen of her believed not. So we start to see, uh, in John's story, we get the more detail about how she gets there. Uh, she thinks he's the gardener. Uh, you know, she's asking, where did you take him? Uh, and then finally, when he says Mary, uh, she realizes it's Jesus You know, he says, don't touch me for I haven't ascended. You know, that's John's story. And it goes all the way to her telling the disciples what she had seen. But John does not talk about their unbelief. But Mark does. And you're thinking, well, uh, if this was just an addition, 
Because that's what they say. Well, what they did was they figured Mark kind of ended a little abruptly, so let's just add some things. So they took it from the other. But no, this is just like every other gospel. This is what we see. We see one, if it's in multiple gospels, we see one emphasizing one thing, and we see another emphasizing another thing. And what you can figure out from this passage is Mark is keying in on belief versus unbelief. That's what he said. That's what you see. You see the word believe. Uh, you see unbelief over and over again. So what John gave more details that Mark didn't give, and Mark is always more concise. He's always, he gets to the point. He's giving you the headlines, you know, all those things. And what's he say? She, she ran into him, uh, and he doesn't give the details, but he says that she went back and nobody believed her story. All right, so, so far we're good. I mean, this, this is not a groundbreaking piece right here, 9, 10, and 11. Then we get to 12 and 13. After he appeared in another form unto two of them, as they walked and went into the country, they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. So this, uh, once you read these two verses, uh, if, you're, you know, if you're a student of the Bible, you start to realize this sounds like the two on the road to Emmaus. Right? There was two of them. Uh, they're walking. Right? They're they went into the country. Uh, they're, they're heading away from Jerusalem, going home. Jesus appears to them, and Luke covers it in, in chapter 24, uses a ton of verses to tell this story. Uh, and now Mark just says it in two. Now they get tripped up on things. He appeared into another form. They're like, now, now what do you mean? This doesn't make sense. Is this something different? No, remember Jesus... Uh, looked like the gardener to Mary Magdalene and here he just looked like a regular person with Luke they thought he was you know they thought he was a stranger like are you from not from around here have you not heard uh, what's gone on uh, so again we don't get a lot of details uh, uh, like we do in Luke in fact Luke is the one that gives us a lot of details Dr. Luke uh, you know gives us a lot but Mark again is real quick he's saying hey uh, Luke tells us that when he uh, when they finally figured out it was Jesus, Jesus disappears, they go back to Jerusalem, they tell the disciples, and then Luke's story ends, just like John. What does Mark tell us? They didn't believe it. Sorry, we're seeing a theme now, right? They didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. So then... Oh, sorry. In 14, afterward, uh, he appeared unto the leaven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed them not, which had seen him after he was risen. So there uh, we see again, this is the, that's the verse where, you know, that's where he appears, you know, after the two on the road to Emmaus tell the story, they don't believe it. Jesus appears where they're at in the midst. And uh, I didn't have this written down, but again, we see this passage covered as well. I mean, it's in Luke. It's, uh, you know, probably in one of the other ones as well. But uh, again, you start to see this over and over again, unbelief. So then we get to verse 15. Jesus uh, said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This, he is starting to give some of the same great commission that we have in Matthew, that we have in Luke. Now again, look what he says. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name 
of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So Jesus, that's the great commission we think of a lot of times. But really, Matthew, he's focusing on going and making disciples. Right? Don't just go and give them the gospel so that they're saved and then leave them and that's it. No, I want you to disciple them as well everywhere that you go. Luke 24, 46, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer. This is Jesus explaining why he died and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things and behold. Behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry ye into the city of Jerusalem uh, until ye be endued with power from on high. So in Luke's great commission, he focuses on preaching the gospel, right? So in Matthew, make disciples. Luke, preach the gospel. Mark is the shortest one. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Again, not groundbreaking anything. One of the bigger problems is now that we've gotten to 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So remember, the focus on this section, what do we say, is unbelief and belief. That's what Mark keeps talking about. So here's what people struggle with. They're saying, now wait, is this verse saying, if you're not baptized, you are not saved. Now, I've met a lot of people that will say that. A lot of people believe that, that you have to not only uh, get saved, you know, you repent of your sins, you hear the gospel, the Holy Spirit touches your heart, you believe on Jesus Christ, you call on him for salvation, and then you get baptized, and then you're saved. And a lot of times they point to this very verse right here. But the problem is, if you look at it real close, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth and is baptized, it's not there. Baptism is only on one side. It's not on the other side. So it tells me that those that are going to hell for eternity, the damned, uh, they're there for only one reason. They didn't believe in Jesus Christ. Unbelief. That's the only thing. Unbelief in the gospel of Jesus Christ is what sends people to hell. Well, why does it mention baptism in the beginning? Because baptism is the first thing you need to do after you're saved. I believe it's the first act of obedience. That's how you show obedience after you're saved. And again, look at the order. Belief first, then baptism follows every time. Which also tells me there is no sense baptizing an infant. A lot of groups do that. In the name of Jesus Christ, they'll baptize an infant. They have to believe first. That has to come first. And if, if baptism was required, the problem, you go to the thief on the cross, right? It doesn't work. He did not come off the cross. Jesus and him didn't come off the cross, go to the water, get baptized, and go back on the cross. It didn't happen. But we will meet him in heaven one day, I believe. And then I want to ask him what changed, right? You were, both thieves were railing on Jesus. And then one turns to the other and basically says, we deserve it, but he doesn't. And then ask the Lord to remember him. What changed? That's what I want to know. What, what did you see in Jesus that you didn't see at the beginning? But anyway, that's 16. So again, 
It takes faith to be saved, not of works. We're still good. 17 is a big problem, 17 and 18. And these things shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they uh, shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I found five things, if I counted right, in these two verses. So we look at each one. Number one, it says uh, that they'll cast out devils. Acts chapter 16 is one of the examples uh, in verse 16, Paul runs into that damsel that's possessed with the spirit of divination. Uh, he casts it out. And remember, Paul and Silas get thrown in prison that night. The earthquake, uh, everything is, I don't remember, I think it's the earthquake one. Anyway, the jailer comes in, is going to take his life. They stop him. And remember, they go to the jailer's house. And the Philippian jailer is saved in his whole house after they heard the gospel and believed. So what do you have again? The casting out of devils. He said, hey, this is going to happen. Belief's going to follow that. That's going to bring salvation and preaching the gospel. So that's cast out devils. That's not a big one. Speak with new tongues. Uh, that's one. Acts chapter 2, of course, at Pentecost. But also Acts chapter 10. So at Cornelius' house, this is the first Gentile uh, that gets the gospel, the first ones that are saved. Acts 10, 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which you have received the Holy Ghost as well as we and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord then prayed they him to tarry certain days so that is a wonderful passage if you're not a Jew if you're a Gentile because uh, remember uh, Peter got that vision uh, he goes to Cornelius's house uh, and starts preaching the gospel to them and before he even finishes they believe the gospel they trust in Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit falls on them and says they that are of the circumcision so the Jews were astonished everyone that came with Peter were astonished because of what was happening with the Gentiles and I don't think it's a coincidence that Acts chapter 10 looks a lot like Acts chapter 2 because Acts chapter 2 was the Jews at Pentecost. Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles. So instead of Cornelius and all those around, that, the Gentiles that uh, were saved, instead of them hearing the tongues, they were speaking in tongues. Why? Because they already believed. They didn't need a sign to believe. They heard the gospel and they believed. This sign was for the Jews. This was for Peter and the Jews that came with him that were preaching, that were in Cornelius' house. And they, because uh, remember what Peter started with, he said, uh, God is no respecter of persons. Well, it's easy to say that, but now that they believed in Jesus Christ, God gives that miracle so that way the Jews could hear them Mag it says, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. The Jews heard the Gentiles that had just gotten saved magnify God in their own native language. And that was to show the Jews and Peter that God's no respecter of persons. 
See, he used, God used that sign because I believe that, I think the Jews are a little bit stubborn, and that Jew-Gentile separation, we forget how big it was. I mean, they wouldn't even interact with each other. They would have never came into the same house. And now that we've started the church, those walls are starting to break down, but they're not breaking down easily. Uh, and God is saying, I'm going to show a miracle to the Jews to say, hey, this salvation's for Jew or Greek. I am no respecter of persons. And it's what convinced Peter and the Jews to say, hey, if they have the Holy Spirit, God's saving everybody. Amen. So Mark talked about casting out devils, speaking new tongues, taking up serpents. This gets some people in trouble. But Acts 28, uh, the very last chapter of the book of Acts, Paul is shipwrecked. Remember, he's a prisoner on the way to Rome. He had appealed to Caesar. Uh, the ship is busted apart in the, <clears throat> in the storm. They land in the island of Melita. There's barbarous people there. And Paul is adding sticks to the fire. Uh, and this viper comes out from around the fire, uh, gets I'm sorry, Paul, I, I think I was saying Peter, Paul, this is what happened to Paul, that uh, venomous uh, viper latches onto Paul's hand, uh, he shakes it off, and they're all watching him to see him keel over, because they know what kind of snake it is, and nothing happens to him. And this gives Paul a unique opportunity to do what? Preach the gospel and see all kinds of those people saved on that island. Do you see what the common theme is? These signs opened up doors for the gospel to be preached, for people to believe and be saved. That's what I'm seeing over and over again. These are not signs, right? They're, they're not signs that everyone does. We'll get a little more into that, but uh, this is what we're seeing over and over again. So there, many on the island believe. The next one, drink any deadly thing and not be hurt. This one I can't find in the book of Acts. I can't find it in the rest of the Bible. It's going to be one of those ones uh, we just have to trust God, right? Not everything that happened in the early church is in the book of Acts, so I don't know, but it's all right. Lay hands on sick and recover. There's a ton of passages for this, but uh, Acts 3.1, Peter heals a lame man by taking up his right hand, lifting him up outside the temple. Uh, Peter, or Acts 5.15, Peter's shadow would touch the sick that were lined up and it would heal them. Uh, and then Acts 9.40, uh, Tabitha or Dorcas, two different names she has. Uh, Peter prays and she's raised from the dead. So I'm sure that's, that's completely covered. But the Dorcas one, Acts 9.42, two verses later. And it was known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord. So again, again, these signs were not to make Peter look good or Paul look good or anyone else. These signs were to bring people to Jesus Christ. And then verse 20, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. So remember, the disciples got their commission from the risen Jesus Christ. He made some bold statements to them. He ascends back up into heaven. And remember, the first instruction was go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So the question right here is what would the disciples actually do? Because the last time Jesus left after he had risen from, uh, from the dead, they went fishing, right? And he had to go out there and uh, call out to them and bring them back in. But this time he wouldn't do that. 
I believe they could have went fishing again if they wanted to and stayed fishing. But instead, they didn't do that. Verse 20, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the world, the word with signs following, amen. They made up their minds. They said, Jesus wants us to go and preach. So that's exactly what we're going to do. They didn't waver. Uh, they didn't do it half-heartedly. You can read in the book of Acts and through the rest of the Bible. They went whole, full force into doing what the Lord called them to do. Peter, who used to waver, who used to do crazy things, he is totally different. Uh, Paul's life has totally changed. All of them change. Uh, they all become martyrs except for John, and then he endures all kinds of persecution. They all make up their minds that saying, we are going to do what the Lord told us to do. They believe they obeyed and the result was the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following amen and I believe that's true even for us today you uh, you hear what God wants you to do you obey it by faith you believe God you obey it by faith uh, and you do it the Lord he isn't just going to go with you he's going to work with us right he's the one that gives us our strength he gives us everything we, if you step out in faith with the Lord, you'll never be alone. Even if you're the only one, you're never alone. But one of the things that I noticed is these signs followed the belief and obedience, but the signs start to trail off. Peter's last miracles in Acts chapter 9. Paul's last miracles are in chapters 20 and then shipwrecked in 28. But by the time we get to 2 Timothy 4.20, Paul writes in his closing to Timothy, Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left and Miletum sick. So one of the ones that were listed in Acts, Paul said I had to leave him because he was so sick. Now if, these, if this passage in Mark was supposed to be for all Christians, all through the whole church age, we failed. But so was Paul. He failed too. Why on earth would one of his uh, disciples, one of the people that followed him and helped him, why on earth would he not touch Trophimus if he could? Because those things were gone. It was establishing the church. Once the church was established, these things are done. <coughs> And you think about it. Well, Mike, would you really believe that? Well, if anyone could have healed him, it would have been Paul. And Paul says, pray for him. What's he say to Timothy about his stomach ailments? He doesn't say, I'll send you a handkerchief, right? So do we throw away the end of Acts chapter 16? Or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 16? No, I believe we do what it says. Keep preaching and spreading the gospel to all that will believe and trust that the Lord will work with us. This last part again, I, you probably heard me say it. I try to stay away from it, but uh, this time I said, you know what? I'm just, I'm digging in. We're just going to see what it says. And I know there are parts, I mean, some churches uh, are built on the handling snakes. But after Paul did it, I don't see where anyone else did it again. And Paul didn't choose to do it. It jumped out of the fire. But I'll tell you one thing, I'm glad what blessed me the most is where I read verse 20, the Lord working with them. And I say, praise God, because if you're, uh, if I was writing a story about my life, 
that would be the phrase right there. Whenever I did what the Lord called me to do, the Lord was working with me. And then those times where I wasn't doing it, the Lord was still loving me and showing me mercy. What a God.